1, 2, 3, 4. Some of y'all are hardcore sports fanatics, and some of y'all are hardcore collectors, and some of y'all are hardcore betting experts, and some of y'all are hardcore sports business junkies, but not too many of y'all are all of the above. I know I'm not. So when you find a guy who checks all of those boxes, what do you do? You invite him onto your podcast, which is what I did. And it was essential I do so because this Swiss Army knife of a content creator will be a great help to us when we are ready to collect this. Welcome to Collect This, powered by CSG, your go-to sports card grading company. Here's your host, Alan Goldscher. Full disclosure, got a little bit of a cold here. I'm playing hurt. It's like it's like if Justin Fields didn't have his legs, I don't have my voice. Same, you see the parallels, but I am playing anyhow, playing hurt. Uh, and before we dive into the good stuff, the really good stuff, this is here's some pretty good stuff. Check it out. Here is a special deal for you awesome, awesome Collectus listeners. Head over to csgcards.com slash join, select premium, and use the promo code COLLECTTHIS, and you can join CSG at the premium level for just $99, $50 off the regular price. What? Not only that, but you'll get a $150 same as cash credit, so the price of membership pays for itself. But wait, there's more! You'll get access to exclusive benefits like discounts on select add-on services, 24-7 online submission tracking, and 10% off at the CCG store. Once again, csgcards.com slash join, select premium, and use the promo code COLLECTTHIS. Get your grade on with CSG. Darren Ravel, Action Network Senior Coordinating Producer. You are a betting guy. You are a smart betting guy. I am not a smart betting guy. We're recording this in uh, November, the end of November. We are uh, kind of at the home stretch of the NFL season, right? So here we are, week, uh, getting into week 12. And my betting thus far has been garbage. It's been the weirdest season, statistically speaking, fantasy speaking. Like, we, you know, I went into the season thinking my fantasy team's crushing it, my betting paradigm is going to kill. I've been way off. How have you done A and B? Is this the weirdest season in that respect you've ever seen? NFL is really hard, right? Uh, last night, I lost 1700 bucks on the Packers deciding to kick a field goal. Uh, and, you know, I guess trying to <laughs> trying to win the game, but still losing by seven. Um, I had I had I would have at least gotten the push on the Eagles minus 10. And uh, I had the under on 70 and a half live. Um I've been doing really well this season, but the NFL is so hard. Everything is so hard. People have to realize that, um, you know, and, and, and that's why, like, not to pump up the Action Network, but the fact that you can be accountable, you can see what you're losing. You don't just forget about it. Figuring yeah. out what you're figuring out what your bankroll is has never been more important than ever before. Mm-hmm. Legalization sweeps across the country and you have a chance to live bet anything at any point. I think really what guides me is that, you know, I do a lot of live betting and it is you versus the computer, right? It's you versus the Mm -hmm. algorithm. And so the question Mm -hmm. is, where do you have advantages? There are not many times. So for me, I like knowing going into a game, what I'm going to do live. So my strategy for Sunday night football was, I think this is going to be a high scoring game. 
I think the Eagles are going to do better. And then what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to get a, I'm going to do start with pregame unders. And if I can get a 15 to 18 point middle, that's when mm-hmm. I'll hit it. And so that's why I hit 70 and a half. Cause I was at 48 and a half. Um, you know, and you just, you try, I mean, it, the, the thing that, that most people, the public messes up on, if I can say one thing is they look at records too much, mm. way too much. So we have a we have an analyst at the Action Network, Sean Corner, uh, who does the luck rankings. Essentially, it's who is the most unluckiest team and who is the luckiest team based based on the stats, but not the score. So, you know that the Giants are going to lose to the Lions because the Giants are the number one luckiest team by a wide margin (laughs) and the Lions are 27th. It just hasn't worked out now. You, most people go, oh, the Giants are seven and two and the Lions are three and six. God, how is it only how are the Giants only a three point favorite? That makes no sense. So, like, <laughs> looking at stats in unemotional ways, um, you know, I mean, it, that that's what makes it so difficult. You have to really. And, and then, of course, there's so much randomness. So I'm I'm having I had a great month. Uh, and I was right 59% of the time, just really, which is that. phenomenal. Like 59% of the time, I think people don't recognize if you can get above 50%, you are crushing it. And in some cases I've been, I think like, honestly, like lifetime, I'm 49%, but I make bigger bets that I actually happen to win. And I have mm. large, I have a couple large future bets that I won. And so so yeah it's 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 so hard it's so hard it's so hard but but it pays off and it's you know what it makes people always say this it makes the game more fun right taking the money aspect out of it it's just fantasy football betting it just it it makes things way more enjoyable what's funny about what's what's funny of that what's funny about the action network is like so like a lot of our guys uh, promote like gross bets like bets that you have to hold your nose for like Mm -hmm. like will will some will the third running back run for a half a yard I mean, yeah. those things are just like too crazy too, but like, yeah, it, it definitely makes it different than just sitting on the couch and makes you, it certainly makes you care. Before we get to the collecting stuff, let me ask you this on your Twitter feed. You will oftentimes uh, run a, a picture of somebody's like 14 leg parlay that they pulled, right? I do those every week just for poops and giggles. Always bet like 10 cents, 50 cents, a dollar. If I hit one of these, even if it's just a 10 cent bet, if I hit like a 14, 20 leg ridiculous parlay, will you post it on your Twitter feed? Even if it only wins me like a dollar. Yes. Yeah. It's got, it's got, I, I, I'll, it's got to be 14 legs or more. 14. I'm on it, man. I am on it. All right. Hey, Darren, let's talk collecting. You are a collector. Um, I don't think too many people realize that you write about collecting, but you don't really write about your collecting, right? So you being a collector means that you are very hip to what's going on in the collecting world. 2022 has been a really interesting year as compared to what happened in 20 and 21, right? My theory on it, and I'm going to yammer for a second and apologies to listeners who have heard my theory for too many times. The pandemic hockey stick, right? The pandemic collecting hockey stick kind of took us out of our slow trajectory, right? We're on a slow upward trajectory and all of a sudden, boop, everybody's stuck at home and all kinds of collecting happens. Then this year, we see the downward trajectory. But 
I think it's just a course correction. And it's bringing us back to where we would have been had you taken away the pandemic hockey stick, right? Does that make sense to you or am I just kind of blabbing? No, some of it. Um, you know, I uh so I got out of cards, all out of cards in January 2021. Uh mm. I just, you know, the glut. Uh, the glo- I, I felt like I was in the middle of something that I could not control. Uh, in other words, there were too many of what I had, and that even included vintage stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got out at a good point. Um, I, I'm just worried in general about things that continually don't make sense. Modern cards to me, whether you write one of one, a one of five, some of them just don't make sense on the surface. So let's take like the Luka Doncic card that originally supposedly sold for 4.6 million and then yep. sold for 3.1 million. Yep. It is a logo man card. It is a cut out logo from an NBA jersey that was not likely used by Luka Doncic, was likely put on in a rookie premiere where he just put it on for two seconds. So let's just say there's no value to that logo man. And then the Mm -hmm. signature is, whether his mom signed it or not, people who are into the (laughs) hobby, is maybe questionable. So to me, it just, if if the logo man itself doesn't matter, right, because it's not used, and the and the signature is questionable or let's say it's not how are you because the card company labeled it one of one you're mm-hmm. putting that much credit into it to me it's just insane and 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 you know i just when i when i go to the national these past couple years especially this past year i just there's just so much of the same and I have made my living as a niche guy doing something different. In fifth mm-hmm. grade, when everyone collected stickers, I collected the same sticker, fuzzy armadillos. So I had 400 <laughs> fuzzy armadillos and I cornered the market, right? Like, because there were too many oily USA stickers. Like, my whole life has been about being different. So I yeah. was not. So I, I think that my general statement is you know find something where you're not caught up in the in in the middle right like even if you buy a 1948 jackie robinson leaf well jason coons has 250 of them so like where how does that put you in the in in the middle of it um yeah. you know even on a vintage situation so i got into collecting uh you know checks checks with stories and tickets and tickets specifically because they have a real scarcity, not a false scarcity of a card company writing one of one. Um, let me ask you this. We are both of a certain age, right? When I was a kid, I was collecting wacky packs. Do you remember wacky packs? Of course. Of course. Do you remember the most sought, at least in Chicago, the most sought after wacky pack sticker was the crackola crayons thing. Do you remember what your most sought after one was? Uh, I remember I had, there was a, uh, whatever the, uh, whatever the mouthwash was. So it Mm. was, um, uh, it was, uh, it it was, it wasn't, it was whatever the Listerine takeoff was, right? Like pesterine or something like that and you know what that that was to me that was the introduction of of getting into brands you know and it's amazing Mm. to think that that 
because of parity law, they could basically knock off anything, use it, and sell it. Yep. I had so much fun with those. I had, yeah, absolutely. I had in my shoebox, along with my, you know, long lost Frank Robinson 1972 tops card, was a pile of wacky packs. Sadly, it's all gone think about, now. Think about what we had, how much fun we had in non-sports cards between so garbage, fun. garbage pale kids, maybe yep. a mo- maybe a movie like a Superman or a Star Wars, yep, um, yep. you know, and then wacky packs. Um, hey, let's go back to manufactured scarcity for a second here. Um, I love your analogy with the ticket, right? Ticket, it, there were only 20,000 or whatever for any given basketball game. Um, probably, you know, 80% of which ended up on the floor. No, ni- the- 90, no 90, 99% didn't escape the first night, right? Like for most yeah. of the, right? And so that's that's what's so crazy. And then you have all these complexities of like, People didn't know it at the time, right? They like didn't. people didn't know. I have a couple on my desk. I did I didn't take take a you know a tremendous amount, but like take like the only title fight of Ruben Hurricane Carter, right? Oh like, my god, okay, I love so, that. So so you know, it's like, all right, so he he fights uh Danny Gardello in nineteen sixty-four. No one knew what was gonna happen after he didn't win it um 15 round fight questionable 15 round fight and then everything happened after you know the chase of get so i made a list of 100 tickets i needed and then you know this was one of them and the chase of getting it with cards i just go on ebay and say all right do i just what do i want to buy and there are these comps and there's and so the fun of what happens and then the complexity of the story like you know the Steve Bartman game, um, mm, you know, mm-hmm. it's an NLCS game. There should be hundreds of tickets out there, but 99% of them are Cubs fans. And who wants to keep that curse of a ticket in their house? Like that's not happening. So, the, so there's only 22 that are ever graded. Um, you know, so, so the tickets are stories, real scarcity, like cards that you never had any place to put them, right? Like they weren't in sheets. They were on bulletin boards. And even, yeah. the, pe- and even the people who saw it coming, those kids who would pay you $5 after a big event, yeah. <laughs> they, they didn't even hold on long enough. You know, so to me, you know, uh, the liquidity is not there. And I think people don't find comfort when, the, when, when it can't automatically be turned into cash. But I just think tickets, once PSA started grading them, are so explainable that, you know, it's just, it, it made a lot of sense to me. And I went all in. I mean, I pumped 300 grand into it. I think what I'm enjoying most about your, your uh, ticket journey is the fact that it does remind me collecting's fun. Right. You're talking about the chase. You're talking about the hunt. Um, you're talking about not being super concerned about liquidity. Uh, and I think that oftentimes gets lost. In, and you know this as well as anybody in these discussions about I'm going to sell it for this amount of money. It's graded this. And obviously grading or grading company. It's hugely important to us. But collecting's collecting, man. Collecting's fun. And 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 that's also the thing, like where I'm trying to tell kids, like when someone sees a, a Luka Doncic silver prism, no one goes, "Oh my God!" Like, <laughs> what 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 is it worth? But when but when but when you see, you know, a full ticket to the dinner that John F. Kennedy couldn't show up to because he was assassinated, mm. like mm. I mean, just just that, or 
or you know i mean there's just just any anything you know like the uh, the press pass to michael jordan's foul line slam dunk you know wow. like right you say wow and and so so i'm trying to you know i i i think it's there when it's like oh it's a mickey mantle nine or ten a 52 mickey Mantle because it's so clean but there's yeah. so much there's so much more than is it mint Beauty's in the eye of the beholder, man. Um, hey, let me ask you this. You just mentioned that you got out of uh, cards in January of 2021. When you say got out, did you liquidate your entire collection? I didn't have much of a collection. What I did do is during COVID, I basically started a PSA 1 collection where I got mm -hmm. the greatest vintage cards in PSA 1. And the idea was I was going to sell them one day all together in a box. Do you uh -huh. want to have the top 25 cards? Well, here they are. And so I had built it only a year prior. Uh, and, and I wound up selling them off piecemeal because I just, I just didn't like the market dynamics. Do you have anything uh, remaining just out of for the love of the game, basically? Um, other than a, like a Ken Griffey Jr., a Billy Ripken, a Harrison Ford Star Wars card, a couple, ah. su couple Superman cards, maybe a, a, a Jack Ritter Threes Company card. Nothing. Oh, my God. Uh, now, the Billy Ripken card, is that the Billy Ripken card? Yes. Um, uh, so I was the one who broke the real story about what happened. Um, he told me he'd tell me the story uh, on like the 15th anniversary and he didn't. And I went back to him uh, years later. I think it must have been 2008 when it was the what it would it be the 30th anniversary. Um, but yeah, no, what a he, he wrote f face on his bat because yeah he, because the memorial stadium bat room was far and you could you could mix up a three and an eight um and he you know he just lied about it but he 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 still maintains to this day that fleer made it look clearer uh you know because he didn't write that clear which which is interesting i mean they have they obviously did as much as they could to milk it with the the white and the black and the scratch yeah, and the, you know yeah. obviously they knew what they were doing an error in 1988 89 you know the dale murphy reverse negative the john littlefield reverse negative you know like that was that was a big deal back then fanatics all right fanatics basically I, I call it the fanatics takeover some people laugh some people agree some people are like calm down dude uh but fanatics is poised to run this business right they have so much stuff under their umbrella we don't know exactly what they're gonna do yet right here we are at the end of 2022 um and i've spoken to people who theoretically should know better and they don't nobody knows they've done an amazing job of keeping things quiet so that all being the case, I'm not going to hold you to anything because that's not the way I roll. But you do have sources. You have talking to, spoken to people. You have heard things. What are you envisioning happening with Fanatics moving forward? Well, I think what you're going to see is a synergy. I'm, I'm sure of it. A synergy across every single thing regarding Fanatics. So you have a chance in a card to win a jersey you can win a signed jersey not really sure on the because cards are for kids whether they have a you know you get a 20 dollars free bet once their betting service starts but mm -hmm. but they are they are going to mix and match 
all of their businesses from merchandise to autographs to bedding in one product. Um, mm. And 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 so, you know, the key, the key is they're not stupid enough to just direct sell and knock out all the hobby hobby shops. Yeah. The question the question is, how far do they go? Um, can Will you be able to get a box if you don't go on the Internet? Will, right. will, will we return to the Target Walmart being able to go into those stores and buy a box? And I think their biggest challenge is when you know parents ask me, hey, my son's getting into cards. What box should I get him? I'm like, well, good luck finding one. Okay. Right. And, then, and then next, it's what are your goals? And I think fanatics would be best served by having some drop down boxes, giving you a ten a, a ten question uh, a, ten, a ten question questionnaire as to what you, what you want, and then trying to feed it to you. They know. I think they know enough about the industry not to screw it up. You also have to realize their business model benefits financially from margins that are associated with direct to consumer. Mm-hmm. Um, I expect them to do shows and sell stuff. I think they'll do a lot more content themselves. I expect them to have breakers at least under their, their, their wing. Um, yeah. I, 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 I think they're going to try to control it as much as they can uh, and try not to be obtuse about the control and where the hobby has always been. To Fanatics' credit, they have been hiring a lot of hobbyists. They're not just hiring corporate people. They're hiring people who do care about collecting and who would be pretty cheesed off if the if it swung too far in the direction I think some people are really nervous about it swinging. Yeah, I, listen, uh, I, I, you know, yes, they've hired people from outside the industry. They have a tremendous amount of people, uh, you know, I, I, I don't and they and you know what? You know, frankly, uh to Michael Rubin's credit, um and anyone of Fanatics, like I talk to them frequently. Um, you know, they do care and they are they will they know it is not in their best interest to uh say, Okay, new regime, let's go. Yep, new regime, yep, yep. new collectors, only breakers, breakers get like they 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 realize. Um yep. and and so I don't think it's going to go too off the rails. There's going to be a lot of synergy. Um, and the big question remains when you go to your hobby store, are you going to be able to get it? And this is tension with a lot of big companies. Um, yeah. Nike going more direct to consumer Nike on shoe allotments, cutting off mom and pop stores. Like it mm-hmm. happens. So they're going to have to figure out the, the, the cross between getting the efficiency they want to get. And at the same time, answering to the past the supply chain situation ain't exactly settled yet it's getting better but you know there's still issues with cardboard and plastic and these are things that i know other car companies and speaking to them uh have had to deal with and have been it's it's getting better as noted but this is something that i think before fanatics does its big old blowout it's going to have to settle down a little bit. Well, well, well. One of the things on the supply chain is that, in in that sense, Fanatics is better because they have economies of scale. 
and, and the big the big boys get what they what they get and they're the one those are the you know it's anheuser-busch who's buying 60 million cans at a time right. it's not you know it's mike's mike's hard brew that is suffering so in the, in in that in that sense i think fanatics is is uh you know ready to go but um it's gonna it it, it will be very interesting i also think what will be interesting is uh, how will things shake out with with the breakers in general? This is, as you know, mm-hmm. become a cottage industry. And yep. I always thought it was a crazy industry because if you think about it, when the dynamics change regarding a supply chain, uh, if you're a breaker and you're not getting enough or you're having to pay a middleman more, your your entire business depends on, can I get enough at the ground floor? And so there's going to be a lot of tension uh, however, it shakes out with how Fanatics delivers its product and decide who, who decides who gets what. So we had touched on earlier um, the theoretical downward trends that we've been seeing in the hobby over the last year or so. What have we learned from that? I think we've learned. I mean, I think we've learned a lot. Um, first of all, the most important thing to learn is there is no such thing as a transparent market. Mm. Um, markets portend to be transparent. They're not right. Like I'll never forget when I started reporting on eBay early on, maybe 2004 or five. And I was reporting on eBay sales and, uh, and, and someone, uh, emailed me and said, you know, that when you're reporting on those sales, you're affirming those sales are real. I'm like, well, what do you mean? They're not there. Who knows? Right. Yeah. Who, know, who knows who sold to what crypto wallet and if this board ape mm-hmm. really sold. And 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 so um, I, I, I think that in a business where we have just said, OK, it's worth this much and now it's worth this much. And this is a verified sale. And there's there's really no verified sales like, you know, it, it, there's a lot of funny business that goes on. And so I would say one of the lessons is be careful what you base your decision on. Um, Mm. Is what was sold real? Does it make sense? Um, And and I think also it's about looking around you. It's not only about who, who you owning a card. It is who is the subset of people who own that card? Example, Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic. 2018-19 prisms are owned by 16 to 24-year-old kids slanted that way. If I'm a 44-year-old male as I am, what do I have to think about if I want to collect those same cards? Well, when the shit goes down, the people that hold the majority of them do not have enough cash to hold on. Mm-hmm. So my card is then going to go down. And then I know you want to hit on this, but this has dro- driven me absolutely nuts. And I'm sorry if you, you differ, but this is my point. The idea of playing fantasy with your cards is really, really dumb, in my opinion. This is why. There are just way too many dynamics that go on. And it is not a cannot be drilled down to a singular one. Okay. You can't bet your card on fantasy because how many cards are in the marketplace? How many cards are being sold? How many cards does that person have? Right. There are some Trevor Lawrence has 
in terms of with colorways and everything else, has 16,000 different uh, rookie cards. So Mm -hmm. it's like there's so many other factors. One of the biggest mistakes I've seen people make in business is oversimplification. If this happens, then that happens. And Mm -hmm. when you oversimplify and you do not account for all the factors, you lose. So I don't, I don't like the whole playing fantasy. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't think there's the same correlation. Um, just, play, I don't disagree with you. Um, just playing devil's advocate there for a second. Part of what's fun about collecting is the speculation, right? I always go back to this Justin Herbert uh, sale that went down at the uh, twenty twenty national uh it was a one-on-one someone broke someone pulled it uh during a break uh five hundred and fifty thousand dollars i think it went for with the assumption being at the time you know the, the season didn't start yet justin was coming off of a phenomenal rookie year um and people were speculating okay maybe he's the next mahomes maybe this half a million dollar card investment is going to get me the the three million dollars that x mahomes card got me uh this many months later I get, I, 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 I get, I get the idea. It hasn't changed. It's why rookies and debuts, and you know, I, I, I guess that's why I've gone to a place that's safe. I'm going after big mm. moments that already happened. You know, like I'm not willing to, I'm not willing to get into that that marketplace. And I, mm. I, that doesn't mean that it's just not. It's not for me, right? It's not for me. Like I don't, I. I am busy enough that I don't want to spend every day figuring out where I am based on the last sale. And so if I have a ticket where there's only three in the world, there is no last sale. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) there's no last sale, you know, it's a finite thing. And living, living in the world, living in the world of comps is, you know, while, while cards, you know, have this liquidity living in the world of comps is to me, takes away a lot of the fun of it right that's true well well what did it sell for yesterday oh it sold for this okay that's pretty much what the price is oh this one's a little bit nicer okay i mean you know but you know when you have when you have the only graded 1986 ferris bueller uh you know that's that's sealed with the 75th anniversary logo on it it's like what's the price Whatever it takes to pull this out of my hand, baby. You can't go wrong with goats. That's something that even in this volatile market, uh, you're going to be safe with a Babe Ruth item, right? Is that something you've seen? Are people still lusting after the, the Mount Rushmore athletes, or has that kind of gotten a little wobbly with the the market as a whole? I I think it is. I I think that there's some false comfort in goats, right? Like, I don't think every Babe Ruth item is is great. I think you have to understand like where you are in the you know if you buy a Babe Ruth ball, there's shockingly over a thousand of them. You know, sign mm-hmm. Babe Ruth balls. You always have to know where you are and if you purchase something. And it's not good enough that someone's a goat, right? So, like, if you buy a Beetle, so you could you could buy uh, the Beatles signatures um, for $6,000. There's over a thousand of them, right? So it's like, well, where, you know, so, so for me, it's always been like, take a goat and get something great, right? So I have... I have Babe Ruth paying for the equivalent of $14,000 in alcohol, 
right? So, so in a check on a check. So I, I, I just, I just don't want to say that goats are great. Figure out how to get a great piece of a goat and that will, that will help you. So in your mind, and this is, you know, becoming quite evident, you are more interested in the item itself rather than the athlete. Yes, it's got, it's got, a, I mean, it's just, it's, uh, it has to be something unique, you know, uh, I, I would rather, you know, if, if, if it's, a, if it's going to be a signature, so I don't own any straight up signatures, uh, with the exception of Walt Disney, I have nine Walt Disney signatures. I'm obsessed mm-hmm. with them. I hoard them. Um, <laughs> but, but, but you got, you gotta, it's gotta be something great. You know, like I have, I have, you know, a. uh, um a card that was cut out of a uh apple manual you know that says mm-hmm. uh go change the future steve jobs you know like it's just got it's got to be different it's it has to be it's the item that's gonna make you feel less about being in the glut don't be among the crowd that's kind of my message think different if you will yeah i got that i got that <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and, and so, and so when I have a table at the national and it's just tickets or just checks, you know, I, 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 I just, the feeling of being in the, Oh, this is not the thousand table of this. Yeah. I think we, I think through crypto, I think young people have, have, have thought again or thinking over about group think and being in the masses and the mm-hmm. easy money. And I think it will be a, a lesson for the future. But I, I you know, I, I, I'm willing to take risks that things like VHSs might not be the next thing because if you get the best of the best that tug on the heartstrings, you know, yeah. things you know, tugging on the heartstrings. That's another thing. Nostalgia. Kids who grew up in the 80s, especially, I think it I think it kind of, you know, hits hits us. Perfect example is your Ferris Bueller uh, VHS. You know, I'm a Chicago kid. I'm a John Hughes guy. I saw that and it tugged on my heartstrings a little bit because I'm like 89% sure that I had that exact video cassette. And it's here we go. This this is this is my biggest VHS investment. It's uh, he is a whole collection of Rockies. Yeah, so we these are these are all original 84 sealed Rockies. Um, Wow. You know, so like, yeah, I mean, and sometimes markets don't turn out. Um, but again, you know, I'm I, I I think people have comfort in seeing that other people have what they have. I get mm. uneasy. Totally. Hey, uh, backtracking for a second. You had talked about sales that might or might not have happened. Right. I've always been curious and you are a, a journalist. Well, I just play one on TV. Um I hear about sales that don't go public, like big sales. Um, haven't heard about a seven-figure sale, seven-figure private sale, but I have heard about a number of six-figure sales that the buyer and seller both wanted to keep on the DL. Um, and you know, they're trusting me because I am a pseudo journalist, and you know, as a right. pseudo journalist, do right. like to protect our sources. Uh, have you been privy? to any crazy sales that we haven't been? And if so, can you discuss the numbers that you've seen? You know, not really. I, I can tell you that um, what I've learned a lot is that sales often involve very little transaction of money, even at the high end, right? So like the people who are buying some of this stuff in auction, 
already have some value in vault somewhere else or have auctioned off something and has consigned something else. So like people think it's about the item. Well, it's just as equally about the movement of money, right? Mm. Like I don't, you know, I, I, that the card is just a store of value. So like sometimes, you know, you think it's about the card and it's really about moving money somewhere or, you know, uh, and, and it's not that someone's forking over $2 million. It's that, you know, they're just moving money. So I think sometimes people just don't realize that how crazy would it be when you learn about a sale of a car, whether it's private or public, and it might not really exactly be about that card, but you think it's about that card. And then the other thing that I think, and I'm not giving you the direct answer, but I just, I'm really just talking about what goes on behind the scenes, like the mm-hmm. propping up of the Michael Jordan 86 rookie card, how it's yeah. always $212,000. Like, <laughs> like the amount of money that's in that people have into the market where cards just are propped up because someone has 15 million into Zion Williamson, you know, like, that's also something like it's not a is it a genuine sale i guess it really happened but is it is it is it real is it how you should evaluate things i don't think so so I, even if there are private sales of things um you never know what the circumstances are um and and so i think that people think this market is transparent it never is don't make your decisions on a couple data points. I think what happened is there was more and more data points. It became more like the stock market. People then said, "Oh, this is look at the look at you could you could predict these things," and then they went nuts. All right, before I let you go, I make. I don't ask. I make each of my guests make a bold prediction. All right. You are a Swiss army knife of a sports guy. So you work in collecting, you work in betting and you work in business and you know, you work in sports that gets lost too. Um, so I need a whole bunch of bold predictions from you, Darren. First off, what is your cray cray insane, uh, make everybody's mind explode when you get it right prediction for the hobby for 2023? I mean, I, I know that people want me to say like, it's going to get cleaned up and whatever. But I, I still think that, you know, the modern stuff is going to be very hard to get rid of. Um, and I, and, and I, I, I just, I don't see much upside in the future of base modern. It's not a crazy prediction, but it's just, it's just, you know, that people should get out of that stuff before it goes to zero. All right. Your sports betting prediction. What are we going to see in 2023 that that we might not have expected? I think we're going to start to see the roots of one-stop gambling, like where you can see something on a screen, on your app, and at the same time, touch it. So you can watch it and Mm. touch it. I think it's not going to be done yet, but it's going to be the, the roots of it will be started. Um, I know that people now have the phone and they watch it on TV, but like there's definite want and need to put them together. And I think that you, you'll see the, the roots of that happening in 2023. Yeah. I mean, if you're out to dinner exactly, and you don't have access to a TV, it'd be nice to be able to bet on the phone over dessert, right? 
Now the problem <laughs> is that streaming is like twenty five to forty five to maybe a minute twenty five behind. So yeah, if you're, li- if you're live betting, I mean, you could lose a boatload of money if you're if you're not up with it. All right, a, a very legitimate point. So you developers out there, pay attention to Darren. He knows what he's talking about. Uh, and finally sports business what's going to happen in the sports business like that is probably of all the things we've discussed the most volatile because bombshells drop every at least every month right uh the fanatics thing very few of us saw it coming what kind of like cray cray stuff are we going to see in the sports business world i think we're going to see a lot more turnover of ownership um Mm. i i don't know you know where it's going to go but i do think you're going to see a record amount of teams be sold um it's just uh we we've seen a change in wealth and so i think you know we've already seen some hockey teams go i i actually think out of all the four uh american major leagues i think hockey continues to be the best value and the reason why is it just has the most upside the speeds of our children's brain hockey Mm -hmm. hockey Hockey is fast. It's 20 minutes break, 20 minutes break, 20 minutes break. There's there's really nothing like it. Um, and so for me, I think that they'll they'll be so, hockey will will see some big increases in uh, sale prices. Um, and uh, and and I think there'll be some turnover in ownership. I personally would like to put together a group to buy Man U. Um, so if you would like to join my group, hit me up at collect this at csgcards.com. <laughs> I, I want I I'd like to buy I think we're all addicted now to buying like third division teams like like the Rob McElhaney Ryan Reynolds right, paradigm right, right. Yep. like a, 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 a league one team uh, or even just a, a a team like Swansea who used to be you know used to be up there and just you know needs a little bit of a boost not the greatest businesses when you can get relegated <laughs> at, at, a, at a drop of a hat but having been the only person I believe to have in 2016 been there when Leicester City won and and been there when the Cubs won uh, ah. two great stories uh it is amazing when it all goes right all right before you go and do uh, the multitude of work that you have on your desk right now uh hype the action network what is it how can we find it and what do we get out of it and uh yeah bring the noise so we we make betters better uh we give you the the luck rankings we you know tell you what you think you knew knew but you didn't uh my favorite feature is your your wallet live in the moment um so literally when all the games kick off and you have all your bets they sink it sinks your bets in and you can see where your wallet is in the moment usually between 320 and 345 eastern you know i'm i'm i go i could go from up six thousand and down three thousand in literally two minutes based on the final plays um so we make we make betting more dynamic we make you a better better uh we allow you to hold yourself accountable you know keep your it tells me exactly how much i bet for my entire lifetime my last week my last month um you know if if anything you know I, i i like to uh talk about responsible betting and some of it is just having it's the you know stare in your face every day um you can't just forget about those losses so i think we help you there too so so i've been working there since december 2018 it's been a crazy ride and it's it's cool to be with the best of class in the game 
it's a really, really cool site. I would highly recommend visiting. Uh, Darren Ravel, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, <laughs> you could miss it. I know you got a lot of stuff to look around, uh, but I really appreciate your time. Thanks, Alan. Whether it's a 1986 Michael Jordan Fleer rookie card, a Tom Brady playoff contenders rookie card from 2000, or, I don't know, a Marv Throneberry card that came out of a post cereal box in 1963, and yes, that's a thing. Certified Sports Guarantee will grade your sports cards quickly and accurately. A subsidiary of Certified Collectibles Group, CSG graded over 1 million cards in its first year plus on the sports collecting scene, the fastest any grading company has hit that mark. The speedy turnaround times provided by the knowledgeable, passionate team of expert sports car graders will make your CSG experience smooth, efficient, and most importantly, fair. Regardless of the athlete, the sport, or the condition of your card, CSG will treat it with the love and respect it deserves. For more information about CSG, visit csgcards.com. That's CSG, your go-to sports card grading company. We hope you enjoyed Collect This, powered by CSG. Collect This was hosted, written, produced, engineered, and scored by Alan Goldscher. If you have any comments or questions, please email us at collectthis at csgcards.com. 